0: five on SB Nation, Grand Blues. I am the one underscore P shark.
1: What's going on, everybody? I'm still at underscore Skylady on Twitter. Nothing's changing but the weather.
2: I'm still the corner man, still the chief of staff. This is Trevor. What's good, everybody?
3: Playing a little high-low game. It's your boy, Sheedy, man, dumping it down low to the big fella.
1: Or the little fella.
3: Maybe the little big fella.
4: What's going on, y'all? Be big man, star file Your man, Tab you Shakir. Yeah, we here. Well, y'all know, y'all been sleeping on the rock. The recent season has
0: ended. Um, we lost the Utah Jazz 4-2-1 uh, in five-game series. So, there's gone hot right tour. it. What went? Let's start with what went well. So, what do y'all think went well in this series that we could take going forward?
1: Um, I think what went well for the Grizzlies, whether we saw it, you know, as the season went on um, during the play play playing situations with, you know, whether it's the Spurs and the Warriors and we even saw, um, you know, even after the season ended was I think the team camaraderie was really, really well. I think you saw the Grizzlies as a quote unquote young team um, started to really, really come together. They start they started to gel well um you know everybody start to get minutes and so i think you know as the season went on and, and and as the playing situation went on in the playoffs the grizzlies you know as a as a collective unit they you know they play really well they they you know at times play really good defense um but they did what worked they did what worked well for them whether you know it was john Morant touching and getting into the paint, whether it was a john moran and jv pick and roll whether it was dylan brooks who has absolutely turned things around from really a year ago today. Um, so those are my big things Just you know, the team coming well, you know, gelling together, um, finding, you know, different things that work with them, John Moran and Dylan Brooks, absolutely. And, and JV too, you know, really, you know, those three really being able to, you know, put the rest of the team on their back, um, and propelling into the playoffs.
2: Yeah. I won't, uh, take too much from that as well. basically we'll just say the exact same thing. Um, the Grizzlies did a great job of building their camaraderie uh, from the latter part of the season going into the play-in and then eventually to the playoffs. Uh, John Morant took another step forward and let put the world on notice for this moment that we have here in Memphis already knew that this guy is a superstar. Um, definitely am happy with the ascension of Dylan Brooks. Um, I will say it on this podcast. I said it a couple weeks ago, and I will say it again. Dylan Brooks is the grind sign. Get with it, get lost. He is a grandson. Get with it. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but overall, um, as Lito said, the camaraderie that the Grizzlies built, the chemistry that they built, um, seeing them grow up before our very eyes uh, during this latter part of the season and in the play-in has been huge as well. And, again, this is supposed to be year two of a rebuild. And for us to not only be in position again for the playoffs, but to actually make the playoffs and actually – Take a game and push the league's best team to uh, basically, with the exception of Game 5, but to be able to push the league's best team to on the brink of losing the second, possibly another third game, is something to really take away. So uh, kudos to the Grizzlies, man. Yeah.
3: So I want to speak a little bit differently about what went well for us, uh, for the Grizzlies. And because we're going to talk about players later. To me, what went well was five televised games of Memphis Grizzlies basketball in a matter of two weeks. Um, that is what went well for me because that is what's going to attract other players to want to come to play for Memphis. Legitimately, to me, you know, players made their well, their names more known, Ja, Dylan, and others. Um, but to see us have five televised games in two weeks. As compared to the start of the season when we only had three televised games, three out of, I don't know, 40 some games um, was huge for us. And like people were having those great recognition of us. Uh, Doris Burke, to me, I think knows a lot about basketball, if you ask me um, and, and speaks her mind um, and others commenting on how well this Grizz team actually is. And to your point, yes, we're in the second year of a rebuild, but we're not looking like a rebuild right now. We're looking like a team that's continuing to go up um, the ladder, so to speak. We're a team that was not in the bu- well, was in the bubble last year, but didn't make it into the playoffs. Now we're in the playoffs. So, like, you know, then our next step should be uh, to get out the first round. And so to me, again, what went well for us uh, was five televised games against the best team in the league. Um, and we beat them once. We beat them once. I Say what you want. And we beat them at home at their place. Um, and so, again, and that was on national TV. So that, that's, to me,
4: what went well for us during this series. I'm really surprised you actually used that R word, Mr. De- Mister Sheedy. You know, you don't like using that word, so I'm proud of you, bro. Round of applause. But no, uh, y'all hit everything right on the head, man. Coming into the season, y'all know um, I just wanted to see, you know, just player progression, you know. Really, you know, if we made the lottery cool, if we made the playoffs cool, I just wanted to see players progress, Um, And I think we saw that especially uh, early in the season, you know, with John Morant going 40 points on like one of the first uh, couple games. And then, you know, we kind of see him kind of like slide off and then like around, you know, when it was crunch time, he he stepped up his game a lot more. Um, And I think that we saw his game. Like I said, he said he's a top five point guard. And I think that going into the summer, having to play, you know, against the number one team, actually getting the confidence to win uh, a game, you know what I'm saying? I think that'll do something for his confidence as well as for the other guys as well. Um, we saw their identity. We saw them play through JV. Um, we, we saw villain Brooks, you know, who, you know, shout out to DB Allen. Y'all turned up the, the you know, the whole season. Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm still, I'm still, I'm still supporting from afar, but you know, that, that's another day for, that's another topic for another day, but salute to DB Allen, uh, villain Brooks, better yet. Um, like I said, just play a progression. I know we're going to get into, you know, which players that we saw improve a lot, but just like, that's all I wanted to see. Um, coach Jenkins showed that, that, you know, he, 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 he's learning as well. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to put too much on a young coach as well, but he showed that he can, do a little something when needed. But, you know, we did win a playoff game for, you know, one of the youngest teams in the league. And, you know, our defense is there. So, you don't see defense coming from a young team. So, I think that, you know, we see our identity. We just got to continue to 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 be consistent. You know, our motto on let's be real is consistent is key. So, that's all it is. And I think uh, a great offseason will, will do wonders for the young Grizz. Yep, yep. And sheedy, actually, it's eight games
0: if you go back to the play-ins and the last game of the season against Golden State. Oh, so that's the my last game. So, hey, that's a great experience. Now all our frustrations throughout the whole season—that's what—that's what all this was for. We knew the potential this team had, and they showed it. And they ran to a buzz um We're talking more about this on the this real podcast, but Utah Jazz uh, ain't no slouch. So hey, we just keep keep that at that, but the way they shoot the ball, it really one not what we could do. And honestly, for us to keep the series as tight as it was, let you know everything you need to know about the Grizzlies, especially considering our quote-unquote second-best player still was coming still coming back from injury not playing up to his standard. So, man, overall, great season. Shout-out to Dylan Brooks. Uh, I, it's a lot to be said for players who show up in the moment. And Dylan Brooks and John Morant definitely showed up and showed that they were on the top of backcourts in the NBA, so. Salute to them, man. Proud of the Grizz. But we got to talk about the wrongs as well. So tell me what went wrong in this series that can be approved upon going to next
1: year. Two things for me, and I think they kind of both go hand in hand. So, you know, what didn't go well for the Grizzlies? I think, one, and it wasn't even just the, play, the playoffs or the play-in. I think it was, you know, even into the season two, um, I think is the inconsistency um, at the, at the two-guard position, whether it was, you know, Grayson Allen a few games here, whether it was, um, you know, Desmond Bain a few games here, whether it was D'Anthony Melton a few games here. I think because the Grizzlies couldn't, you know, get that consistent, you know, good play from it. a 2 car position, you know, was, you know, it was, I think it was a struggle for them. And I think to go, you know, from that point to my next point, you know, another, another thing that didn't go well for the Grizzlies is the lack of shooting. Lack of shooting is, you know, the reason why, in my opinion, the Grizzlies, you know, you know, they weren't able to close some of the games out. They weren't able to, you know, um you know grab a, maybe another game or two from the utah jets and really make this thing interesting so i just think like i said it's the in, inc- inconsistency of the two at that 2 car position whether it was like i said um allen or or, or Bain or melton and then just you know you couldn't get that constant or consistency uh, from the three-point line The grizzlies i think we're probably bottom of the league as far as you know um I think three-point field goal percentage um, and then attempts as well too so i think you know going forward you know maybe that's something you want to address in the off season um whether you know you have those or maybe everybody really you know put in their work um in the off season i think that's another good thing as well to you know everybody you know for the most part is healthy coming off of the season so everybody has a full off season to you know work on the game get better you know do things that they probably weren't familiar or comfortable with um, This past season, so I think, like I said, I think it was just a lack of shooting that, you know, really, um, you know, was the Achilles
2: heel for the Christmas. As far as what went wrong in the season, I would echo Scott's intimates as far as lack of shooting and inconsistency. But I'll take another avenue with the inconsistency because towards the leather part of the season, there were a lot of games that Memphis should have won but found themselves on the losing end. Like Memphis could have very well been a 7th, possibly a 6th seed uh, going into this playoffs as opposed to them eventually have to play in and get 8th. Um, so just improving, um, and that comes with experience, so improving their play there and as Scott said, getting a little bit more contribution from the two-guard spot and that's something I think climbing and the rest of the front office are probably going to look to address like who's going to be that guy at that two-guard spot. Like, Desmond Bain showed a whole lot of promise, but when he's in the starting lineup, you can see that he wasn't really gelling well with the rest of the guys. Grayson is streaky. He shows up when you absolutely don't expect him to show up, but he does. And the same thing could be said for D'Anthony Melton. As far as the Jazz Series concerns with well, what went wrong is I can't really think of much that went wrong. It's just basically youth. Um, against a team like that, and I think this comes with experience, like you have to play basically perfect against a team like the Jazz. And, you have to value every possession in the playoffs. And that's something that the Grizzlies will learn as they go forward and get more experience in the playoffs. Um, So that's what I would like to see just going forward, just to find out who's going to be the starting two guard for the Grizzlies, who's going to help space the floor for the Grizzlies, and just continue to build upon what you had this season and get more experience in the playoffs. Yeah, I'll
3: I'll stab at this and what we're wrong in the series first. Um, to me what we're wrong in this series is the lineups. Um, and to everyone's point that's already talked is inconsistency with the lineups. And so long for the entire season, we've been playing like we're playing recreational basketball. Um, we've been playing at least it feels like twelve to fourteen players per night. Um, and I get it, that's like our bread and butter, but that's not going to happen in the playoffs at some point jenkins should have tightened up the lineups before we went in to the playoffs um, to an eight to nine man rotation because that's look at all the successful teams look at every team that has won the finals or even been to the finals their rotations are not 12 to 14 men um and so i get it we're trying to find um, or trying to compensate for our second best player um as we all would like to allude to but to me we had to come up with the line like, this is what we're playing with. And I get it, we we can you can insert people into the two position, right? Or the four position, uh, or what have you. But we should have tightened up the lineups and been ready for that, for this series. Uh, my other part about what happened wrong with this series is our head was too much into the officiating. That was wrong. Um, and don't get me wrong. The officiating was the officiating. Um, and we're not gonna get those calls because again, thank you, Shark, for pointing out we had eight national games in that amount of time but we are not a team that's going to get those calls. We're just not. Not yet. We're not the Lakers. We're not the Celtics. We're not a team that has the allure of those type of teams to get those type of calls. We're just not there yet. So to me, you got a foul called, okay, it is what it is. Buck up and let's get it together. If we can't challenge that call, then let's get back on defense. Let's go play better on, uh, smarter on offense, things like that. But I think, because I'm not saying because of our age, But because we let officiating dominate our headspace, it did take us off of what we should have been playing defensively, which led to more open shots for the Jazz. Um, And I think also crushed us when we had some open shots as well.
4: Great points, y'all. Great points. Um, If anything, Trev, you hit it right on the head when, you know, the latter parts of the season, I think we literally gave at least four games away um, in the last couple of minutes. And I think we were a team that could have had, you know, a seven seed, possibly a six seed. Um, I think we are, we are good enough to get there. You know, I, I think when we come back healthy and come back, you know, a little bit more balanced next season, I think that that, that, you know, that's a debate for, you know, next season, which would be fun to get into. But we literally gave away games um, from the Knicks game to the Luka Magic game to, <laughs> to you know, what I'm saying just losing at the end. But that's where young teams learn the best from. I think that's where they learn to fight. Um, and especially in the playoffs, that's what we saw. Um, one thing that I preach, you know, especially. Uh, for the middle to last part was energy and discipline, right? Like the inconsistency, if we talk about inconsistency, I think that's where you have to focus on as well. There's like some games you knew what was going on. Some games you can tell like we we had it. And some games we looked like we were heading back to the lottery. And I think that has, you know, it's a little to do with, with, you know, John Moran and coaching. And what I mean by that is there were a few games where John Moran would have two, not not, not two points, just two shots in the first half. You know, if that's a game plan by coaching, I don't think that's a good game plan in a way because you have to get ja Morant, who is our star, who is our top five point guard, to going and him getting two shots in the first half is not is not the way to go. So I think we just need to work on the consistency as far as as far as that go. And she, uh, you hit it right on the head as well with lineups. Um, Coach Jenkins has to do a better job and figure out what player does works better you know at a, at a specific moment of the game and i think that you do have to let some of those challenges go like taylor uh he kept a bunch of challenges that could have helped not only the results of game but just like the chemistry of the game as well like i know people or teams or uh, players who who would would, would get a, a good you know shocking and shocking a back for for winning a challenge so and i know for sure that i think it was that next game it was one of the games where he kept the challenge but ended up having two timeouts anyway to end the game and I'm like, dude, just just throw the challenge. So I think, like I said, as much as we expect, you know, the players to grow this this off season, I expect the coaching and, and the coaching staff to do so as well.
1: Yep, so. Yeah, you can, go ahead, Sharkey. Oh, you can go. No, I, I, I I'm going to push back on a point that Tuke and Sheedy made about you know the rotation. And I think to defend Taylor Jenkins a little bit, I think again it goes back to the inconsistency of players, whether it was, you know, at the two guard, whether it was at the point guard, whether it was, you know, whoever, I think the reason that he was running, you know, 10, you know, 12 man rotations is just because, you know, players were not consistent. You know, what I mean, you we saw like I'm not sure if any one of us on the podcast can say, you know, what's the closing lineup? What's the lineup that you know Taylor Jenkins should or could put out there with five minutes left and this a two position game. None of us know the answer to that because, you know, at at different moments where there was a 10, you know, five, 10 game stretch. Again, it was D'Anthony Melton here, which there were times, you know, people were saying D'Anthony Melton should be started. And then there would be times D'Anthony Melton like, God, like, what the heck are you doing? It would be the same thing for Desmond Vane. Like, Desmond I think of anybody probably showed you know, one of the, you know, best, you know, he, he grow, you know, within the team. But again, he was, because he was so young um, and he, and there were things that he needed to learn. He couldn't play that many positions. He couldn't play that many minutes. Um, same thing with Grayson Allen. There were times Grayson Allen was hurt. There were times Grayson Allen, you know, could shoot the ball extremely well from three and you know, was the best shooter on the team. And then there were times you like, well, dang Grayson Allen can't buy a basket either. So I think, you know, to defend Taylor Jenkins just a little bit, you know, and another thing with being injuries, too, that's why he had to run that many people um at, throughout um, the different times of the season.
4: Real quickly, though, just to rebuke just a little, you spot on with everything. But was, as far as my rotation goes, y'all know me, I would love to start um, Xavier Tillman and uh, not start in the game with Xavier Tillman instead of JV. Um, for quicker purposes, and I think for lineup and space and purposes as well, he does better at the end of games than JB does. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. Unless JB is going, you, we we got to get Tillman some some clock at the end of games because his versatility will be key for us going forward. So that's that's all I'm in rotation. But hey, good points on the guards. Yeah, up
2: real quick. Yeah, real quick, uh, as far as the Utah series is concerned, we just didn't match up well with them when it came to size. And I think that was one of the things that Taylor Jenkins had struggled to do. Like, a lot of times we were able to get back in games because we went completely small running four guards in JV. So we need to figure out, like, going forward, do we need to get another big with sustainable size that's going to spell minutes for JV? You would love for it to be three, J. and we'll get to that once we talk about the offseason. But I think a lot of times Taylor Jenkins probably wanted to go with Tillman and Clark, but it just wasn't a great matchup, especially if you're throwing them out there, you're more than likely throwing them out there at the five and they're matched up with Rudy Gobert. And that's a recipe for disaster.
1: And you saw the production of JV on the floor and off the floor, you know, when he was in foul trouble or when he was hurt. I mean, again, I, I, you know, religiously said, you know, when when you need a basket, there should be, you know, some form of a uh, John Moran and JV pick and roll every time and when he wasn't on the floor what you know Xavier Timmy can give you there are things that JV can give you there are things that JV can give you that Xavier Tillman can give you and I think part of that you know is, is you know offensive defense so that, I think that's the thing that's you know I think you know one thing again going back to what I said earlier is everybody's you know healthy going into the offseason everybody will be able to work on different things that I know they probably struggle with um this past season so um we'll we'll definitely see going into the next season
0: Uh, great minds take a light. I mean Skyler literally said everything I was going to say. <laughs> uh because I think with his rotations, the rotations weren't really in my opinion, he did shorten the rotation. I think he pretty played. He really used to pretty much an average man rotation throughout the whole series. Uh the problem was going back to Skyler's point about the inconsistency at the two guard position between back ben- Allen and ben- but- um, so he was trying to match up with Utah and personnel. So what really went wrong in the series for me is just personnel. We didn't match up like Rudy Gobert. That was just a complete mismatch. None of our centers, none of our big men outside of Triple J could even come close and match up with him. right? So in my opinion, I think they did just about well as, as well as they could do, uh, considering the youth and the personnel. But going forward, I think – They're there. Well, we all know they're in good shape for me. They're a bunch of 21 year olds. They just made the playoffs in that second season. So they're all good to go. Um, But I think just certain matchups, Utah, it was just a bad matchup. And we still fought to the end, to the last game. So that's what really you can truly take from that. So the end off, I guess really we know the answer. The season was a success.
4: Is anybody disputing it? Man, I just no, hate we trade. Why? Why do we trade Gorgie Jane?
2: I don't think we, we traded. traded him. We bought him out. Why? To your point Tim? about Xavier Tillman. Bingo. <laughs> exactly.
0: Okay, <laughs> <DJ. Yeah. laughs> okay. All right. So, how successful? I guess let's just do a greater scale. From on one to ten, well, not one to ten, It'll be seven to ten or something. Uh, what, how successful? How successful was this season?
1: Um, I would want to say if I wanted to put a number on it, I would say an eight. Um, And I only say an eight just because I felt like there were times where, whether it was coaching, whether it was the front office that, you know, it seemed as if they weren't on the same page. And I felt like there were times where I think, you know, the team was content with, I mean, if we miss the playoffs, it's not the end of the world. And what we were able to see is I think they eventually said, okay, cool. We'll push all the, we'll, you know, we'll put all our chips in the middle of the table. Let's go for it. And it, I think it took them a little while to do that. Um, but once they once they eventually did that, again, you start to see the team, you know, play really well. Everybody was on the same page. Everybody knew what they were expected to do. Um, and then you start to see them close the season out really well. I mean, you know, they closed, you know, they, you know they they beat the Spurs. You know in the in the second playoff game, of course, they got torched by Steph Curry the first to go around. But you know they were able to you know beat the Spurs, came back again and you know adjusted well. You know play better defense against the Warriors. You know to come back and, uh, and 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 get that final win to get into the playoffs. They grabbed you know a, a game against the Utah Jazz. And granted, Donovan Mitchell wasn't there, but you know they were still able to grab that win. And again, they were just to this point. You know they, we had all these national television games. Um, Toward the end of the season, and I think that, you know, being able to, you know, have those games under your belt to have, you know, playoff experience under your belt. I think that goes a long, long way. Um, So I think, you know, it it started out, you know, rocky at times and, you know, even getting toward the last few weeks of the season. But, you know, when they said, let's go for it, like, let's really try to get into the playoffs and see what happens. um, I think it it went well for the Grizzlies, you know, even though they only won one game against the Utah Jazz. There were times, you know, I feel like they could have grabbed another game or two but I think just due to lack of experience due to lack of um you know shooting <laughs> I think that was the reason why they couldn't grab another game or two here or there but for the most part I definitely will say that this season was a success um, we got to see them play playoff basketball and you know we'll see what they look like going forward
2: playoff experience. It's always something you would love to get as a young team. So I'm going to go with an eight as well. Um, and then to Sheedy's point, what he mentioned earlier, having nationally televised games, like we have pretty much eight in a span of a month. So putting the world on notice that, hey, the Grizzlies are here, we're here, and we're not going anywhere anytime soon. I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, with those two, got to go with an eight especially what they were able to do for a vast majority without 3J and then still kind of maintaining their uh, high level of play once they decided to go for it once 3J was back in the lineup. So if I had to scale it, it'll be an 8. Honestly,
3: I'd give it more like an 8.5. And Um, and I'm going 8.5. Matter of fact, me up for the 9. me up for the 9 because – this team didn't give you excuses. This team without stars won seven games straight. This team without, again, a cornerstone franchise, uh, cornerstone of their franchise, still competed to be in the playoffs in a Western conference that is truly and has been loaded for the past decade. So this team legitimately did achieve. Now, of course, when we didn't want to see them as a sixth seed, yeah, they, probably, they could have done better. We all know that. But to me, when you look back at where when we speak about the Grizzlies, there's us and these people that I listen to this podcast that know about the Grizzlies. But there's like a whole world of the United States that knows nothing about what the Grizzlies have went through. Right. They only know like, oh, well, James Harden is hurt with the Nets or LeBron's hurt with the Lakers. But they didn't know that Triple J was gone. They didn't talk about that. They talk about when Jaw was out. They didn't talk about how we had to have Tyus Jones in the starting lineup and how Dylan Brooks was in and out of the lineup. They didn't talk about this, but we did. So we saw saw this Grizzlies team – I got a kid in the background. We saw this Grizzlies team go from being carried like a baby to crawling to walking their butts right into the playoffs. And to me, I'm more proud of the team of where we went and how we came about it. We didn't give excuses. Other teams gave excuses for why they're not in the playoffs. Other teams gave excuses for why they dropped from a top seed on down. But the Grizzlies didn't. Again, we could have done better, yes. But to me, this is a nine for the season. Now, now I'll wait for the offseason talk. I'm sorry.
4: She so literally took all my points and my number that I was gonna give like the grizz. Like I, I was giving I was gonna go a nine uh, simply because like I didn't expect for the grizz to make the playoffs, right? Um, I don't think any of us did at the beginning of the season. Um, Pretty slow at the beginning of the season, but we saw, like I said, when Josh scored to 44 points in one of the first games, it was like, okay, cool. We know he's here, but what about the other players, you know what I'm saying? And then, like, you literally took the perfect analogy of us, you know, having a baby, watching them crawl to walk to that. You know, he's fighting for the playoffs and showing, you know, getting respect, you know, from the number one team in, in the NBA. And that's like how, how can not how can it not be a successful season? Like you know, I was stuck between eight and nine. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna just go nine anyway. Um, like I said, nobody really expected us. You know, especially like we got our own we got our own term coined after after us, which is tank competing, right? We got to a point in the season where we would literally tank competing. What the hell does the tank competing even mean, right? But we knew. What, what it meant, you know, as an inside joke, and then Grizz Nation kind of felt that same energy. But once we, you know, said, hold on, like, like you said, Scott, once we said, hold on, we can actually no do this thing. We can actually make the playoffs. I think that's when you can kind of see a switch turn in the head. And, like, we we, we made it, you know what I'm saying? We, we got into the playoffs. as well. I'm pretty sure we were the youngest team in the entire playoffs. And, you know, we won a game. We got that experience against a, a, a team that's been together for a long, for a minute. And, of course, you know, going against Mike Conley don't make it any better, but it is what it is. So, um, I'm, I'm going to go a nine. This was a very successful season, whether Grizz fans want to admit it or not. And we and, and on to the next. Like I said, it's going to be a very important off season for us for many reasons, but we'll have that talk again for another day.
0: Well, the number nine is my favorite color. Shout out to Steve there. Rest in peace. You
4: say nine is your yeah. favorite color? you making us look favorite, number, <laughs> number three. <Golly. laughs>
0: was saying read all right. Golly.
4: Hey, I'm driving.
0: Uh, but, uh, yeah, give me a nine for the season. Um, go back to kind of what Skyler said. Yeah, it's it got frustrating. Like I said, we count the podcast. You heard our frustrations on here and everything, right? But I think a lot of things. things, I don't blame them. I don't blame them for the Justice Winslow. Stuff. I don't blame them for injecting the you know, triple J to the line They have to do, they have to do those things. Now, did they do it longer than probably they should have? Yeah. Right. But I think they had to kind of experiment because of the injuries, because they were missing players throughout the season. They kind of had to do a lot of miss, mix and matching. Um, so ultimately it did cost us some games against oh, Detroit, Orlando, but I think ultimately they ultimately learned how to win close games when they came through and beat San Antonio and Golden State to play games. When they beat Utah in game one, I think it kind of groomed them and helped them to get to that point, uh, especially as being a young team. And we finally saw the vision at the end. Now, yeah, everything else, I mean, everything else kind of went the way it should have been. I think the only thing that gets me not from saying it was excellent at 10, it was just the fact that, yeah, you had the injuries. And, yeah, like I said, they probably played the players a little longer than they should have. But, overall, figuring out the rotations, Taylor Jenkins improved. Yeah, he got he made us switch straight throughout the season at different times. But you can't knock the job he's done developing that team over these two years. That team, honestly, no know your team has done it. Even OKC, okay, you second year, they didn't make the playoffs. Not that I know of. I don't, I don't, y'all can fact check me Trevor in, too. But that's I right. don't.
2: Yeah, that's huh. right. Facts that was Russell's rookie year, so yeah, that's facts. Yep. so hey, we done stuff that even his
0: team did do. So hey, we got a great future ahead. Um, we'll get to the offseason of talk next year. So, guess anybody have any last thoughts?
1: No, I think my only thing now is I want the front office and the entire team organization to, you know, take you know, take what we learned um, and, you know, figure out what changes can be need going into the um, going into the next season. Because what you see now is the West being a little bit more open than it was a year or two ago. Right. So now that, you know, the Warriors are, you know, they they'll probably be the Warriors, you know, again next year. That's, you know, again, based off health, you know, the Lakers clearly, you know, um, they're getting up there in age. Their entire roster, I believe, is over like the age of like 30 or something like that. So. You know, take what you learned this past season and, you know, figure out how you can get better. Because now you see there's a little window of an opportunity, you know, to, you know, get out the first round, get out. You know, maybe they make the second round, you know, maybe, you know, advance in the playoffs um, because you never know. You never know when, it, when it's your opportunity. Look at the Utah Jazz. Right. Look at the Utah Jazz. Look at the Phoenix Suns. You know, they especially the Phoenix Suns where, you know, they were like, eh, you know, we, we just missed the bubble. How can we get better? The addition of Chris Paul, you know, prepares them to a two seed. They beat the Lakers. You know, they have, you know, they have the potential to go to the Western Conference Finals. They have the chance to go to the Finals. So, you know, Grizzlies, for an office, they've done a, you know, pretty decent job of, you know, acquiring players, you know, maybe letting players go, you know, maybe signing people to an extension. So figure out, you know, how you can get better so that, you know, if that window if the opportunity, you know, is available for you to, you know, do really well in the playoffs next year, get into playoffs next year. You never know what happens. So that's my thing.
2: I didn't
3: have much outside of what was already said,
2: so we're good. Go ahead, Shark,
3: before I say something. Shark, you can go. I didn't know if anybody else was going. Oh, yeah. Um, Just to piggyback on what um, Skyler just said, pay attention to what's happened as well within the league. Right, not just pay attention to what we need to do better, but also watch the league. And I say that by saying 41, 10, and 7. I told y'all I'm gonna keep numbers. I almost used the wrong N word on this podcast. Um, but no, we are not talking about that at all. We will just divulge that information at the great time, however. What Skyler just said, the Warriors will be back. The Lakers are older, but they still got LeBron. 41-10-7. and seven.
2: I'm going to leave it at that. Oh, I'm going to leave it at that. Oh, yeah. Let's not forget, the Clippers are probably going to look different because you got Kawhi Leonard entering free agency. And Portland, the Trailblazers, they're looking for a new coach. So that one opportunity is starting to open just a little bit wider than, than expected. Yep, yep. Well, that does it for this episode
0: for us. Man, remember to follow us on Twitter at Starting 5 the number five M E M. Follow the Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN Gristies and listen to the other podcasts on the network, 3nd D, Core 4 and GBB Live. And also since it is offseason starting this week, we we'll start we're not gonna go Monday through Thursday all podcasts. We're gonna do bi-weekly two podcasts. We're gonna go uh, every week. So We'll be back weekly starting next week. But remember to follow me at the one underscore
1: P-Shark. My Twitter name ain't changed since I've been on Twitter. Um, I'm at underscore Skylito.
2: Yeah, I'm at the auto Trevor. First letter of each word is capitalized except of because it's a preposition. Again, thank you, Grizz. Thank you, Dylan Brooks. The grind sign. My
3: my Twitter name actually hasn't changed either. Um, It's really shitty. 41 10 and 7.
4: Yes, hey, sir. This your man Tab Shakira. I think mine actually has changed a couple of times, but it is what it is. But hey, if y'all want to go play the lottery or whatever, use those 41, 10, 7, whatever the hell she talking about. Go use them numbers. And if you get a bag, make sure you bless us.
0: Sounds good to me. We can use that. But <laughs> until next time, y'all, go
2: greas. Go grease.